0: Today was obviously an important day, uh, going into our bye week. Uh, you know, getting you know a victory against a good, disciplined uh, Kansas team uh, that's been playing very well. Uh, again, winning's hard uh, against anyone. Just uh, our, our fans today were just terrific. Uh, they were just great, man. From the Walk of Champions to um, you know helping us win today. Yeah, it was cool to see that. And you know, again, I know there's sacrifice for everybody and um, it's hard, you know, again, there's that, you know, where the rubber meets the road, where they want to stay loyal and continue to be passionate about, you know, your team, even uh, when we're not exactly where we all want us to be, and uh, so I just I love seeing that.
1: Rush is back, final hour, hanging out today in Goldsby. At Pryor's Pizza Kitchen, really cool spot. Got to come in and check it out. Uh, Thursday through Sunday, gonna have football on. This is the awesome place to come watch football. Menu here is fantastic. Pizza is top notch. Got other great stuff on the menu. They've recently expanded that. TVs everywhere. Full service bar. Pickleball outside. Um, they've got ping pong. They've got these really cool terraced, um, uh, like green areas to where you can play cornhole. They're all leveled and. It's just really, really cool. you got to come check it out, Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby. Um, That was University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables there talking about the win going into the bye week against Kansas. And it had me thinking, question, what do we think of Kansas the rest of the way out? You know, they've got uh, Baylor this week on the road, Oklahoma State after a, a bye week, Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas State. Like They've got a really tough schedule remaining. They do. Can you tell they've, me when Jalen Daniels two straight.
0: If Jaylen Daniels is going to be back? That's a, I mean, that's a pretty big deciding factor for me.
1: It really is. Um, I cannot tell you that. Okay, that well, is I'll, information I'm not I'll, privy I'll to. I'll just
0: go under the assumption that he's not going to be back this year. I think that I, I think they can go down to Waco and, and and beat Baylor this weekend. I know they're not favored to do that, but I see probably I see probably two more games left, and they finish as a seven and five team.
1: Baylor and Tech.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I could see them beating Oklahoma State and Lawrence too. But I, I what I think, about? Texas
1: in Lawrence.
0: I think they could beat Texas. Kansas State, I think that one's in Manhattan, right? That one's going to be yep, pretty tough for right. them. I think that there's – I think every game left for them is winnable, but I think there's three that are, you know, clearly that you can point to to say, yeah, they, they got a chance to win that game because right. Jason Bean's not Jalen Daniels, and they're without their their best player. But, man, he made a couple plays that were impressive. Do you remember that third and 13 early in the game? That he completed towards their sideline. Yeah. Oh to my the tight end. god, that was a hell of a throw, man. That was a great throw, a throw that not many backup quarterbacks can make. So they're still good offensively. They got some issues defensively. I I think they'll at least win six.
1: Yeah, he was uh he was pretty good. Four touchdowns. He's he's got eight touchdowns in the two games that he's played. Uh, he did have the two interceptions against us. Uh, One of them, not necessarily his fault, was just an incredible play by the corner who actually was in a bad spot but made an incredible play on it. And, um, yeah, threw for 265, four touchdowns, added 41 yards in the running game as well. We know how dangerous of a runner he is. He's not Jalen Daniels, but um, I think he's he's good enough to, to give Baylor a real run for their money. I think they're good enough to beat Tech. Um, I think they're good enough to challenge in every single game that they have left. I think the the game that is going to be the most difficult for them is going to be on the road against Kansas State. Yeah, but it will be. I, even in that game, depending on Jalen Daniels, his status, I think there's still uh, a, even a decent chance they could fight to uh, be close enough to have an opportunity in that yeah, game. Yeah,
0: and I think that Texas is one loss away from – The outlook of their season drastically changing. I mean, seriously, people are saying, well, you know, if you win out, maybe you can still make it to the college football playoff. The point is, for the first time in a long time at this point in the year, there's something to play for for Texas, and that that means something. But they're one loss away from that really not being the case. So as it sits today, yeah, I think Kansas can beat Texas and Lawrence. But if Texas were to lose another game or to lose this weekend before they play that game – then I feel like the odds of KU winning that game go up, which normally wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but we're talking right. about a Texas team here. That, I mean, we, we, we've seen – we've kind of seen how they mail it in when there's not a whole lot to play for late in the year.
1: Yeah. Yep. I I understand that. We talked about it earlier, but, man, the scheduling um, folks were not kind, which I don't think they knew this, but – they were not kind to Texas. At, they are, in, in their final five games of the season, they are at Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, at Kansas, and they play TCU at home, and then they end the season with Baylor at home, and my goodness, their next three games are really difficult, two of them on the road. Uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State on the road, and then TCU at home. Like those next three games, if they somehow made it through that stretch 2-1, and one, that would be really impressive. Yeah.
0: Well, if they're going to make it through that stretch 2-1 and one or you know, even 3-0, and oh, Quinn Ewers is going to have to be the guy that he's being hyped up as right now. Like, there was a uh, best quarterbacks in college football ranking yesterday, and he's at number seven on the list, which is down from number three a week ago. I just don't see that, man. He's just not that player to me right now. Maybe at some point this year he gets to that. I, mean, I just, I got to see a lot more from him to think he's a top 10 quarterback. Well, just, I don't think he's there he, yet.
1: Yeah. He's about to go through the stretch where we're really going to learn exactly what he is. Um,
0: and the only reason you know, he's he, ranked that high is because of the hype coming in, right? If he was a three or a four star quarterback coming into Texas as a transfer from Ohio State, he wouldn't be in the top 10. He's in the top ten. He was at number three or four last week because of the hype that surrounded him coming to Austin. That's the only reason.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm convinced.
1: His numbers are, are solid. 69% completion, six touchdowns, one interception. Um, you know, he's been smooth. He's been efficient. But I haven't seen him do really anything out of the, the ordinary. I mean – Here's, the, here's the, the facts, plain and simple. Uh, Hudson Card's numbers, and I don't know how you marry up the competition between the two, but Hudson Card's numbers are almost the exact same.
0: And they were just fine offensively I mean, when he was in there. This was not a no-use situation where the Texas offense completely cratered while he was out.
1: And he's, he's, a, he's a far more dangerous runner of the football um, Hudson Card is – oh, hang on, sorry. I was looking at – Um, I had them flipped, but they're still the exact same numbers. Hudson Card completes 69%. Uh, Quinn Ewers is 67 Um Hudson Card has six touchdowns, one interception. Quinn Ewers has nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are, are right there on par with each other. They're both averaging the exact number per completion uh, for yardage. So – I don't think there's much difference at all.
0: I am interested in what the text line thinks because some mid-season report cards were given out today on ESPN to first-year head coaches, and yeah. Brent Venable's grade was not great. In case you missed it, D-plus is what ESPN is giving him halfway through his first year on the job. They're saying, hey, that might seem harsh. Yes, we know that Dylan Gabriel and some other injuries have happened, but... That TCU and the Texas game are a little bit unforgivable for a program such as OU. We're giving him a D-plus half the way through. Uh, What grade would you give Britt Venables throughout his first seven games as head coach? You can just look at it straight as win-loss like ESPN is. You can look at what he's done for the program. You can look at it however you want to. But 405-651-3439, let us know what grade you would give him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's – like, if you're just going off win-loss, obviously, a 4-3 and three record for Oklahoma, a three-game losing streak in there is going to be graded extremely low. But, you know, if you, uh, after seeing them, a, a realistic view of the roster, a, uh, you know, the backup quarterback situation, Dylan Gabriel going down, I mean, that's one of the things we talked about, uh, you know, before the season started, the expectations were all, like, the caveat was in there about Dylan Gabriel and what would happen if he got injured, right? So, sure. unfortunately, that happened. And, you know, it was uh, it was less than stellar without the, him.
0: The opportunity is there, though, to the final stretch of the season to finish with a much higher grade than what you have right now. Um, I, none of these games are super easy. Again, we read the future point spreads for all the games remaining. At most, OU is a three-point favorite in these final five games, and I think they were a dog in a couple of those. But you get on a nice little streak here, and you figure out a way to go 4-1 and one or even 5-0 and oh down the stretch. Maybe you're looking at a B-plus or even A category if they give out grades for the second half of the season. Um, yeah. t- text line says this. I would give Brent a grade of incomplete. Why were we grading first-time head coaches? Why are we grading first-time head coaches after a half of a season? That's a fair question. Well, uh, it's just
1: it's ESPN content. Um, have to have something to put up on the uh, on the website. B
0: minus says but one text is
1: incomplete. B minus. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there's a lot of factors here. I mean, I think personally. I would grade Brent Venables as, and, and I'm biased, I understand that. People will point that out to me all the time, and I'll say that's a fair criticism, but I'll grade Brent Venables at an A on everything except record. You know, I, I think the recruiting has been A+. Plus. I think uh, the push for facility upgrades has been A+. Plus. I think um, I think the the structure of the program, everything that's in place to develop these guys and to develop a winning program, is a plus. I think the staff that he hired around him is a plus, but the record is not. So I I get it, and I wanted them to be super competitive this year, but. You know, it's just it's not going to happen yeah. this year. So I'm 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 fine with whatever the result ends up being because I know, like I know the vision for the future and and the pro- progress that they're making on the inside.
0: C minus recruiting class keeps it out of the D range. D plus for the team, but I don't blame the grade entirely on Venables. Uh, Brent gets a B just for the fact it's obvious despite the losses and low points. He clearly has not lost his steam or his team or staff through it. Uh, B, we were F after OSU loss, which is interesting. Okay, Am I missing
1: something there? B, we were, we F,
0: were. F, F after OSU loss.
1: I, I think they may, may have meant Texas. Maybe. I'm guessing.
0: Uh, I would give BV an A considering what he took over. Uh, D plus, that's still a passing grade, baby. I would give BV a C plus thus far. That's from Gunny. The players dress in suit and tie now, that's A+. So, we are all over the place, man. A's, B's, C's, D's. No F's yet, I guess.
1: Yep. Um, I don't know. I think they, uh, my biggest thing, and I've talked about this a ton, so excuse, but they're not cutting corners on anything. Right? He's stuck not to it, corners. man. He
0: is stuck. I mean, even when the media's asked him and the fans have been screaming, you've got to dumb down your defense. you got to make it more simple. Nip, not an inch.
1: No. No. Which, you know, I – and I totally get, like, if you, if you want to play elite-level defense, you're going to have to take your stripes. I mean, you, that's just how it's going to have to be. And it may take a little bit, but – uh, I, I had hoped, and, and maybe it was it was foolish, but I'd hoped that it would take a little bit faster than it did. Um, but hey, man, uh, I believe in it. I think the system is sound. He's had a ton of success with it. He's put a lot of players in the league, and um, I don't know. I think you just you got to continue to hold with what you've done, and and I, I think you're going to get over the hump before long.
0: What, uh, what can be accomplished throughout this bye week? And I ask that, meaning I'm going to guess they're going to be out on the road recruiting. I'm sure that Lebby and probably B. Hall is going to be at that Guy or Allen game tonight, which that starts in about 45 minutes on ESPN2. I'm sure all these coaches are taking this bye week as an opportunity to get around the country and see some kids. So how many days have they been on with practice? How much have they been really able to accomplish throughout this bye week? Because it's a critical week for this particular team in their development, I feel like.
1: Well, Vin- yeah, Venables talked about it in uh, the press conference post-game Kansas um, that they were going to – I think they were going to have three practice days. I'm not sure how the, the, how those were split up. They were going to have three practice days. Um, obviously, the, the – coaches were going to get out and recruit uh they were also going to have like a community service day where they go out and they did that do some things in the in the community yeah so i think it's going to be productive like they're going to practice zone i'm sure those practices given the the health of the team right now are probably going to be a little bit lighter in physicality than maybe what you know they they had envisioned previously but uh, I, I still think it'll be, it can be productive.
0: I wonder if he, I wonder if Brent's going to be at that Guy or Allen game tonight. Jackson Arnold's playing. Mike Hawkins, your 2024 quarterback offers playing. Peyton Bowen, five star, is playing. Um, there, there's a lot of targets on the field tonight for both teams for OU. I wonder if this is a little bit of a power move for him, and he's standing over there on the sidelines. Plus, hey, get a little FaceTime on ESPN too. That never hurt anyone.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he's not going to be the only one there, <laughs> right? I mean, No, I, uh, no, I think I, Lebby
0: will definitely be there and probably even Brandon Hall. I just wonder if he's going to be there along with those guys.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not talking about, "Oh, you guys." I'm talking oh, about Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, there'll be other schools. There's probably
1: there. going to be a bunch of other schools there. I'm sure um, Arkansas but, yeah. might
0: be there. They they're trying really hard to get Michael Hawkins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be, um, I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of attendance there from college coaches uh, from the area, if they can get out and get down there. I know not everyone has a bye week this week, but yeah, I, it wouldn't shock me at all. I know, I know for a fact Levy's going to be there, and I think there may be uh, at least one other offensive coach that that goes there if possible. So. They'll have a presence for sure.
0: (laughs) This text says, I need Teddy to do my end of the year review. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's great. Um, Very nice. You know how the text line can be. And I don't know if I'm surprised by it, but there's just been an overwhelming amount of support on the text line when I brought up questions like this. You know, whether it's what's the grade for Brent Venables, like how do you feel about the current state of the program, whatever, after the start, it's – It's mostly positive. We get that on Twitter when I kind of ask that same question as well. And, man, I don't know if you're paying attention to this, but even Saturday when they were doing the starting lineups, Dylan Gabriel got a really loud cheer. Braden Willis got a really loud cheer. But maybe louder than all of them, Brent Venables, when he was introduced, which, by the way, I love that addition to the starting lineups, introducing the head coach. I think that's a really cool ad there. Yeah. Uh, But it felt like he may have got the loudest cheer of all, which is a vote of – you know, confidence to him, basically from the fan base, is what it is.
1: Sure, no, I, um, I agree with that. I do. I think that's a, um, I think that's that's really good. I think it gives you a vote of confidence. I think we have to remember that usually the the most vocal and the most out in front are not typically the majority. I think the. The the biggest majority of fans are supportive and believe in the future, believe in the higher, and uh, are going to give it time to to take its you know take its action, take its course. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby. Stay tuned. Opinions, you've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off
0: 24 7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 3439. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 3439. And Sean says this, uh, talking about the tail end of our last segment get back to me this time next year if they're 4-3 and three and still preaching the process on that cheering. And, dude, that's a, that's a fair point, man. It, it's absolutely a fair point is they're still, even at 4-3 and three right now, a lot of support from the fans and people believe. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's okay right now. There's some optimism, but everyone knows what the score is, both sides. That's, it's got to start turning right. into results here moving forward. It's totally fair.
1: That's right. Nope. I I agree. Um, I looked this up, and I know this is probably not the first time people have heard this, but um, during the break, I took it upon myself to look at some statistics.
0: Look at you. Um,
1: Brent Venables with this defense, uh, the first year of implementation at Clemson uh, in 2012, they ranked number 48 in scoring D, number 65 in total D. The next year, in 2013, they ranked 24 in scoring D, 25 in total D. So they moved up like 48 to 24 in scoring, uh, 65 to 25 in total. And in the third year, 2014, they were number seven in scoring defense and number one in total. So, and then the rest of the years I looked at in total defense, I don't think they were ever outside the top 10 again. And if they were, it was just like, like number 12 or 13. Um, I didn't count the numbers there, but a couple of number ones in there, most of them top fives uh, from that point on from 2014, when they were number one defense in the country moving forward. So, you know, Took some time there, and that's, that's whenever you get guys that have been in the same scheme for three, four, five years, they understand it, they speak it fluently, everyone is on the same page, you know, you've got foundational players are now um, juniors and seniors, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit of a process there. Now, does that mean that it's going to take three years? I don't necessarily think that has to be the case. But, um, you know, they didn't recruit great for a while there at Clemson. If he has a top five recruiting class this first year and the transfer portal was not a thing then and they hit it out of the park in the transfer portal, I think you can legitimately accelerate some of these numbers. And we think the offense next year is going to be assuming everyone you know is healthy and all of those things and Dylan Gabriel's back which i expect i uh, offense you don't think is going to be an issue so i if we were to project and say these numbers are going to be the same and i know we're going to be further back than uh number 65 but if i was to tell you that next year we'd have a top 25 defense i the record
0: oh my gosh i think yes. would be it's where it'll be where you want really it to good. be. It'll be if you have a top yeah. twenty-five defense next year. With and I'm with you. I think offensively, even if Mims leaves, even if Eric Gray leaves, he he does have a year to come back. But we'll, we'll see if that happens or not. I, I still think they're gonna have a pretty good offense. I feel like this next game against Iowa State is interesting for several reasons. But you know, I I, I wonder if the perception's gonna be shaped one way or the other coming out of that game, meaning. You know, the expectation is that this team gets a whole lot better throughout their two weeks, from the Kansas to the Iowa State game. And if you see an improved football team, especially defensively, whatever the optimism level is at now, I think it's definitely going to take a a nice little kick up. If you go up to Iowa State, look better defensively, and you go up there and win that game. But if you don't and you kind of revert back to what we have seen over the past month, I think that there's going to be – a lot more disappointed people than maybe that we have right now of what well, you had two weeks. How's this team worse than it was before the last time we saw them?
1: I don't think they're going to be worse. Um, but I will also say that this game is. I, I, it's scary for me. Um, and, it, and it it's because of the Iowa state defense, right? They've got. A top ten defense in yards and a top ten defense in points per game. They're, like, number seven in in scoring D. And the other thing is, Levy has not – now, I know there's some offensive coaches that carry over, but he has not called offense against Iowa State. And we all know that you've just got to be patient. You've got to be methodical. You have to take what they give. You have to be okay throwing the football away. You have to be okay taking your medicine and and putting it and playing the field position game. I, It's it's different calling offense against Iowa State. We know that. We've seen it as a, as a fan base and as a football team. So, like, their defense is totally legit. Number one defense in the conference, and it ain't close. Yep. Um, So it's still going to present a really difficult challenge. Um, Their quarterback is not like he's got some big playmaking ability, but he'll make mistakes. And you know they've got uh, the leading receiver in the conference in Xavier Hutchinson, big guy that that can uh, turn your lights out. And they're going to make you play a game
0: that's not at a fast break pace, essentially. Right. You know the, the the pace that OU when they've been good, they've been able to operate at. I mean Iowa State's just they've. Kind of routinely made OU play a different game than maybe they want, pace-wise. So
1: yeah, you have and to I live think that. that helps our defense some. Sure, it does, and it should anyway. You know, I'm I'm glad that it's an 11 a.m. kick. You know, I, I think you know those crowds up there are. I know they're they're not off to a good start this year, and the record isn't good. But like that place is foaming at the mouth with the with the thoughts of beating Oklahoma, even though our record is what it is. The, the ability to say we beat Oklahoma uh, is, is something that those people are going to be jacked up about, and that place is going to be crazy. I'm just glad it's an 11 a.m. kick. I think that's a, a bit of a benefit for us, but it's still going to be a wild atmosphere.
0: I uh, was looking through kind of their team leaders earlier today, and I, uh, we knew going into this year that they had a big you know, roster turnover but i'm looking mm-hmm. through like okay there's will mcdonald i i remember him all right there's xavier yeah. hutchinson obviously like those are the only two names outside of hunter deckers who we knew last year but you talk about some new faces on their on their team man that is a that was a roster turnover from a year ago a lot of new dudes yeah
1: yeah no they they've got a ton of new guys um you know they're they're struggling but you know here's the thing you know You look at their schedule also. They've, you know, it has not been, you know, they've had a a pretty tough run of it with, um, you know, Kansas whenever they're on their run, Kansas State, Texas, all right in a uh, row. And they've lost those three games, Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas by a combined Three, four, seven points.
0: Yep, they have, they get a better field games. goal kickers. They might a better field goal kicker. They might win that Kansas game. Which, by the way, yeah. off subject a little bit, but I, I was looking at those numbers yesterday. I was like, I feel like the special teams. You know, for everything that's gone wrong through the first seven games, I feel like special teams has been a lot better than it has recently. Uh, yeah. Uh, field goals, they're six to seven, 31 to thirty-one on PAT. Number one punting team in the conference. Uh, Farouk is number two overall in kick returns. OU's number two in the conference in punt returns. Number five overall in kickoff returns. Like every single area of special teams has been seemingly drastically better than it's been before. And that's with Billy Bowman being hurt at kick returner. And Mims really not getting a whole lot of opportunities as a punt returner since the Nebraska game. But that's nice to see.
1: No, that's true. Um, We've given up a couple of things, though. Like that kick return against Kansas State was, was extremely huge, costly. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a touchdown like we've seen before, but it was. It they sucked the momentum yeah. right back yep. out of the stadium. Yep. So, all right. Uh, quick timeout, More from the rush coming up. We got a couple of segments left here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby, the only coal-fired pizza kitchen in the state of Oklahoma. An unbelievable place. Really cool stuff outside. Pickleball. Uh, Cornhole, ping pong, they've got fire pits, they've got TV screens everywhere. This is the place you want to hang out and watch football. Come see us.
0: Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. On your TV tonight, ESPN2 in about 20 minutes, you've got Geyer and Allen playing, and why is that relevant? Well, Jackson Arnold, your five-star quarterback commit, plays for Denton Geyer. Michael Hawkins, who's an OU legacy, he is a four-star quarterback in next year's recruiting class. He has an OU offer. He plays for Allen. You played uh, – did uh, His dad played on your team, right? Was it like O two? 2 Mike Hawkins? Is that right? Y- well,
1: yes, briefly. Um, he was only
0: there for a short did- time.
1: Yeah, I think he was only there for like three months. Three or four months. And then, which, like, he left to play arena ball. Yep. After, like, as a freshman, as a true freshman. And somehow, like, bet on himself and made it and played decent amount of time in the NFL. I'm not exactly sure how long he was in the league, but that's rare. That is extremely Especially rare.
0: at that time. Like, nowadays, you could say, oh, yeah, I mean, I could see someone doing that these days in college football, but a little bit different right. 20 years ago if someone, you know, chose to take that pass. So, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Is uh, when that game kicks off. And we also have uh, some other OU commits in action tonight. KREFSports.tv is where you can check out Norman High and Mustang among some other games. Of course, Jacoby Johnson, who is a four star uh, commit to OU. Uh, Mustang at Norman, that's at 7 o'clock. Westmore at Big Spee's at 7 o'clock. Edmund Santa Fe at Union is at 7 o'clock. And then we have UConn at Edmund North as well. KREFSports.tv is where you can catch all that high school football game tonight. And I guess Levy and uh, Brandon Hall just rolled in in a helicopter to the uh, game nice. down there in uh, Denton. So I've uh, never been on a helicopter before. I'd be willing what? to do it. No? Yeah, never have before.
1: I haven't either, and I'm not willing to do it, frankly. Hmm. Um, I'll ride and drive pretty much anything except a helicopter. That thing is – there's way too many moving parts. Uh, it just doesn't even look like it's supposed to fly. I'm not okay with that. I've seen way too many helicopter crashes, videos, not in person. No say, thank you what? to helicopters
0: uh, out there in Goldsby. You guys got a lot of those. So, but <laughs> it, it still is the like the way to announce your presence when you're arriving oh, yeah. at a high school football game. You know, like when kids saw that helicopter, I'm sure they thought, "Oh yeah, OU's here." Here comes OU.
1: Jerry Jones coming in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I bet Jerry Jones' copter is a little bit nice than the uh, chopper is a little bit nice than the one that they flew in today. But
1: You never know. Maybe that maybe it was Jerry Jones. You yeah. never know whose who's chopper it was. That's cool, though. I like that. Yeah. I make your presence.
0: Yeah, make your presence felt, man. You're trying to flip Peyton Bowen, five-star, who's playing tonight for Geyer. And uh, there's there's some really, really good players going to be on the field tonight, 6 o'clock, uh, six o'clock on ESPN2. Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic uh, reported this earlier. It has to do with the college football playoff. Bill Hancock says the first-round games for a 12-team playoff will for sure be on campus. Schools schools could still ask to play at a different stadium slash dome if nearby and available that day. But first round of the 12-team playoff, I guess like – TCU could elect to play at AT AT&T Stadium if they wanted to is what that means.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true, but uh, that would be stupid.
0: Yeah, it would be very stupid. That would be stupid. Very, very stupid. Now,
1: here's the thing. That's what he's saying. My guess is because now maybe this is in that article, but originally they had said like if they did that, like the schools wouldn't be able to keep all of the ticket money like, it, it all goes into a big pool that everyone shares. So, my guess is they're saying that, which means, yeah, if you're a school that has a small capacity, we're going heavily, to uh, heavily suggest you play it at a bigger stadium nearby. SMU, if you, you ever know? break
0: through, sorry, you're playing at Jerry World. That's
1: just the way it's going to be. That's probably what that means. That's how I would take it. Because what school, in their right mind – would opt out of playing it at their own stadium.
0: Um, Houston opted out to play in uh in Stadium against OU, but I, I think that that was like a part right. of the kickoff classic. But you know, uh, no, no, nobody to answer your question, nobody. Right. That's gonna yeah. suck, man. Um, like if Houston, I, I don't care about Houston or TCU or SMU, but. Or even like Tulane, someone like that. Like they finally had this great season. the ranked high, home playoff game. Nope, sorry, Tulane. You got to play at the dome. Houston, you got to play yeah. at NRG Stadium. Sorry, guys.
1: Well, uh, I don't know. I love that, though. Like, it's never, we're never going to have, a, and that's just my, like, I haven't heard that from them. That's just my thought of why they would say something like that. Um, but, you know, I. It, we're never going to get everything exactly how we want it in college football, and some argue that's the appeal. But a 12 team playoff with guaranteed home playoff games for the first round, buddy, that is a, a massive step in the right direction. That's about as good as it gets.
0: Yeah. We had a conversation yesterday while you were gone MVP through the first seven games. Um, yeah. Braden Willis might be the best player, but i just, to me, Dylan Gabriel's the MVP. Yeah. Let's say you. Yeah.
1: Well, he's the most valuable player, right? By just by the way that it, um, how it's phrased, we know what this team looks like without him. So, and I didn't didn't even need
0: him to put up 700 yards against Kansas to call him the MVP. I knew that way way before. After what I
1: six quarters that I saw, it's it's proven that he's the MVP of this football team. Now, like. A guy that has been incredible every single game against every opponent, no matter the score, no no matter what's happening, I mean, that's Brayden Willis. And it's turned into some big-time production. You know, he's made a couple of unbelievable catches against Kansas. He's blocking his tail off and has uh, the entire season. He's been a fantastic leader. He's He's really the... I mean, I was about to say he's the spark plug of the team, but he's not. He's he's the block. Like, he, he is everything that holds it all together um, with the way that he's been a leader. So, like, that's who I would award. Like, if they handed me a trophy and said give this to the MVP, I'd give it to Braden Willis. But if we're talking about, like, who the most valuable player on the team is like, what do we look like without him? It's Dylan Gabriel. Yeah.
0: yeah it's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, OU fans, in case you didn't hear a new three game series was set today with San Diego state home against San Diego state in 27 on the road at San Diego state in 2029 and home against the Aztecs in 2031. That's a, that's a good two for one San Diego state. I like That'd be it. A fun road trip for a lot of people.
1: I like it. All right. Uh, Hitting a quick break here. Final segment coming up next, hanging out at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby. Stay tuned.